0: Welcome to the Culture Crush on the road. Once again, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm here with
1: good old Mount Jackson. Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that would be Malcolm Jackson. <laughs>
1: indeed, indeed. Uh, how you doing today? It's your first time down here. It's so, uh, definitely
0: my first time in Jacksonville. It's um, an incredible place with so much so much history, so much cultural history that I think would be such a, it's going to be such a great conversation today. I'm very excited because just every single corner of this town is a kickoff to the sort of cultural conversation that I think that we're having at the Culture Crush right now. So, yeah. welcome to the podcast. No, I'm glad <laughs>
1: I'm a big fan, so uh, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, so,
0: not only is, is Malcolm from Jacksonville and his family is from Jacksonville um, from um, way, from way back. Uh, he is an incredible um, artist and photographer mm. and thinker and speaker mm. and uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh. we're bringing it all in and we are working together for the first time on a, on a, on a project for the next print issue and, um, and more than that I hope yeah, same right. same yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> it was definitely
0: all right so all right so you give us a little background on yourself and okay. um and your family and your ties to this community
1: okay uh, well my government is uh, malcolm jackson um i'm born and raised in jacksonville florida um uh, probably like three or four generations, so I literally bleed, you know, Jaguar tail. And if any football fans, yes, I've been <laughs> a Jaguars fan since the 90s, so I'm not a bandwagon right. guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I grew up um, between the Northwest Jacksonville and Springfield East Side area, so if anybody's uh, from Jacksonville or, you know, have seen or heard those areas, um, I come from, you know, that whole neck of the woods. Um, a lot of history comes out of those neighborhoods, so... Um, I continue to try to hold that legacy, um,
0: and as you keep pointing yeah. out to me, and now I'm seeing with my own eyes, it, it definitely is much. It doesn't feel exactly like Florida here, like how yeah. most Americans or anyone else in the world thinks about Florida. You think of Miami, or you know, even you know Naples, Florida, or Tampa, or something like this. This is like a this is you really feel like you're in the Deep South here.
1: Yeah, literally, that's what I was saying. I mean, Jacksonville looks like that last guard of Deep South culture. Um, I mean, we're the last part of Florida to have a Southern accent. Right. Um, I and mean, y- you- You
0: certainly have that. Yeah,
1: I know. I <laughs> <laughs> And I'm trying to keep it clean, but yeah. it's going to take a while for me to, <laughs> to get it out. But I still love it and enjoy it. It's funny when I go to New York and I use it. Like, I do it on purpose there. Like, I talk, like, with, like, Florida slang and, like, do right. it. Yeah. And I go in the bodega and they're like, whoa, what is he saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> But um but yeah, this is the um you know, the final guard. Um it's a very traditional the southern town. Um, I mean it's what the country would consider the big city. So like people like in the outskirts of Jacksonville. Um Jacksonville land wise is the biggest city in the country. But deep in the country of Jacksonville, um people come to Jacksonville they think it's New York City and they see the bright lights and people who live in the city be like man you did not not get out the house a lot (laughs) (laughs) so it's funny in that regard but it also has its own charm and stuff that people do love about the Deep South uh, a lot that is cool so yeah it has its pros and cons of course but yeah I like it
0: And, I mean, well, uh, I want to talk a lot more about um, the history here and the cultural history, of course, but um, let's uh, get to the photography part right away because, of course, that's always, because it is the culture crush, and we like to talk, and we talk in pictures here. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, your work is is incredible, and uh, I just, uh, it's um, it's just so uh, different than, it's definitely coming from a different eye than, say, you know, most of the documentary photographers will, no matter where they're from, they kind of, like, show up in New York or yeah. even in L.A. or something mm-hmm, like that. Yeah. And then that becomes sort of their beat, you know. Um, yeah. Other, you know, artists that we work with do that, yeah. um, which we absolutely love. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you've seemed to, you've made sort of a choice to not do that, which I which I find really incredible.
1: Um, yeah, it was um Well, one street photographer came just naturally came to me when I was getting into photography. Um, I was looking a lot at Estevan Oriol's street work and his portrait work, and I was like, I like the way he style, like the grain he uses and stuff. I was like, I want to do that. And this naturally started happening. And the more and more I started shooting street and I started looking and doing research on other street photographers, I was like, hmm, nobody's really documenting Jacksonville. So I just kind of took that upon my shoulders, and the more I was doing it, the more I realized how special it is to shoot southern street photography that's a term or i've coined it um, on the culture crush so there we go we coined
0: that right here southern street (laughs) photography um
1: because it's you know it's It's a lot harder to do street photography in the South than it is in New York. Um, I think I said this a thousand times, but, you know, you go to New York, anybody can get the shot because there's so much going on at one given time. It's 11 million people all walking at once. Everybody can get out there and get shots all day long. And it's great, and it can be very powerful moments and even last timeless photographs. Nothing bad about that. But when you come in the South, you almost have to have that urge to go look for that. You have to physically drive and have, you know, this idea on your mind and search for those images. And also your because su- there's less people walking or less people out and about. Um, the subject pretty much knows you're gonna take a picture anyway. And, you know, sometimes we have that fly on the wall mentality or we shoot from the hip or something, sometimes that works. Down here, they know. They even see right. from the hip, they're like, Hey, what you doing <laughs> with that right. thing? Yeah. So it's either you're gonna do take this shot or you're not gonna take this shot and I think it's it's a it's a magic in that particular moment right there. It's just different um, when you look at it. I mean, even like we, we were talking about Gordon Parks a little bit earlier. When you go look at his uh, segregation in the South stuff, it just feels different than the stuff they just shot in Chicago. You know, it just has yeah. a different type of feel to it. It's like they know he's there, but it's just a certain magic that happens in Southern stuff. I don't know why it's been like that. I mean, you know, culturally stuff has just been a little bit slower here. But because it's a less populated area and everybody really know what you got going on, you're really trying to document that stuff. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, that's really all. It's right. just so, a beautiful thing. So and I thing. just of course um, if I just wanted to point out your age. Uh, oh here. yeah. Okay. So, because you know, it, it's if you just hear, um, if you hear, just hear your voice, you yeah. could say, oh, he's uh, could be, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, the the narrator of the old tales. Or yeah. Like that. You're what? 24. Uh, 24 yeah, yeah, 24. So, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. In the south, you grew up fast and you grew up old at the same time. Uh, I remember when I first got on Facebook in like 2000, I guess. 2006, 2007, whenever Facebook, um opened up, um I was on there super young for no reason. Um I did like a Facebook, you know, those little games where you can like guess your age and say so I was forty five then. I was like right. twelve then. Right. I was like <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um but yeah, you just grew up seeing that and you know, um a lot of wisdom is always passed upon kids in this house today. Most Southern kids have always been told they've grown up with an old soul. And I've been told I have an old soul since birth, so
0: what, wait what do you mean by that that you grow up with what did you say kids grow up with uh, oh like with the old soul with the and getting um, told a lot of stories and yeah
1: you're just getting told like so many stories about um, you know don't do this or why you should do this do it this way well, there's a lot of stuff that continues to get bought into your head and then you continue to pass that on to kids even younger. Like you'd be told uh, a medical remedy at age six. And now you're telling a three-year-old this remedy to get you off the cold. Right. Yeah. And now you're the doctor, and you're right. six years old. And you keep these, you keep those stories to you. And the more and more you have, more wisdom. Um. By the time you get eighteen, I mean you probably can build a, you know, a, a whole forest community at that point. So right. <laughs> it's it's just hilarious, um, seeing it. But it's it's also very humbling, and, and um, and I'm very thankful for that also. Um going back to how the South is a little bit slower, uh, learning from those elders that quick allows us to also live in other places and and get on our feet a little bit quicker also. Uh, Because one, less resources, but more wisdom and more lessons learned from those elders. We're able to take what they didn't do right and apply that and give our shot at it.
0: Okay, so, all right, so let's um, talk about you know, what is, uh, what's the vibe here, you know, uh, in the context of sort of what's going on in this country, what's going on in the world, like, what are you, how are you seeing that from your eyes, like, what is it, like, before the election, after the election, during the, during the election, like, Uh, what's, (laughs) uh, yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, you can go even, like, the eight years when Obama was in office, um, again, Jacksonville is you know in that deep south corridor, so very red, very Republican, like the last place in the South where the guitar was accepted in the church. Um, the church runs this place like literally. Um, the church downtown is across the street from City Hall, and they own the prison. Of the city jail so the church and the Republicans own a lot of land in this place and have a lot of influence and in what happens um that's why there's no real no real life, nightlife in Jacksonville because the church does not allow certain things to happen um that's why only like two or three bars downtown have an actual liquor license because like the church picks and chooses who they want or how much money you really have in your pocket if you really want to have liquor in your um in your bar um but it's been a very divided area, um, deeply segregated, um, and what I call it as separated by the bridge, uh, separated by the Main Street Bridge, the Blue Bridge downtown. To me, is always separated, um, not just the, uh, quote, disenfranchised, unquote, and the, uh, quote, rich, uh, unquote, um, but also know the blue and the red who sits on which side of the aisle also. Um, I would say North of the Bridge for the most part is, you know, Democratic, um, while the, the south of the bridge is to, to, eh, traditionally re- Republican for the most part, but it's so many spots. And then you have, again, the old guards, so like, you know, African-Americans in the 60s and whatnot, they were, you know, Republican, and they still have stayed Republican, but sometimes, you know, they go across the aisle also and vice versa. So you have a lot of that stuff. Um, so growing up like my dad um he was born republican and he still has stayed state republican but he votes democratic and whatever is right is right so i've always learned that so the one thing he taught me um was now yes i am a republican you've probably heard bad things about this but don't just listen to one side i'll always listen to both so growing up i would listen to russell limbaugh and listen to democratic radio at the same time NPR, yeah. yeah so i will just literally <laughs> listen to both all day long so people were like man which size like well, they kind of got a point and they kind of got a point right. so it allowed me to be more open you know in the political field um but to be more understanding because i i understood that point like i first growing up you're like wait, wait why is he republican he's black and then you find out i'm like oh and then you come back and listen to that kind of stuff but um yeah it's been a very segregated area um very open in the protest especially with that uh that confederate flag of ours down here um they love that thing um
0: Oh yeah. 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 You mentioned that to me before. So you were like this street here, this is every week there's a protest. going yeah, on." Yeah. There's the a protest every week.
1: Um, well, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I mean, yeah. Jacksonville <laughs> itself is named after Andrew Jackson. Yeah. So what do uh, you, are, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. the giant statue of him is downtown. We have like parks named after old Southern generals. Matter of fact, right down the street from where we are right now is Confederate park. That is in memory, uh, in memorial of the Confederate <laughs> right. soldiers that died. Amazing. Um, <laughs> in the middle of Heming plaza which is where city hall is is a gigantic um i forgot which it might be generally um statue that's directly in the middle that was vandalized and uh, the city uh instead of taking it down when all that fiasco was going on in the country um they just like blocked it off and then they like pressure washed the vandalism back off and so there was whatnot. no,
0: there was no even. Oh, should we take it down? No, Not no. Here. Like they were yeah. trying. Like <laughs> yeah. there
1: was a really, really strong push to get it down. They were close, and I think the still are fighting for at least some of those. Um, but it's a very tough fight. Um, yeah, it's a very, very tough fight in this town with that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we even know?
0: in New York City, it's yeah. like this is. It's really incredible how many like monuments and statues and all that kind of stuff that even in even in new york city yeah. you know so it's uh it's and then people are saying well what what about you know columbus day it comes up every single year oh, i mean really? it's such a you know it's like it's i don't even know where i stand on columbus <laughs> you know because to me columbus is an idiot you know he yeah. thought he was in india yeah you know what I mean? like yeah. he was wrong he didn't even know where he was yeah, and to this was... day people still call them indians it's like what all these words like yeah it's it's like man like that textbook
1: man like yeah like listen you know i remember growing up we were taught you know that kind of stuff and as a kid in elementary school you know we had that day off then i think we got to middle school and it's like one day we didn't have it off i was like wait a minute why we don't have columbus Day off (laughs) anymore and then you find out like oh wow well no <laughs> yeah. So and then an and then on top thing. of
0: it I mean it's like it's this it's celebrated the way they celebrated in you know the big Columbus Day parade down Fifth Avenue in New York is yeah. a, it's an Italian American thing hmm. when the Italians wouldn't give him the money to make the trip it's the, it was the Spanish <laughs> yeah, you know was like, he was like having a thing with Queen Isabella yeah. and that's why it was the Nina and the Pinta and the Santa Maria and not like the you know the, the pick of three <laughs> oh, Italian wow. names so it's like, that thing has just been so yeah. appropriated oh, by God. who yeah. knows what. It's uh, I don't even know what Columbus. I don't even know what to say about Columbus. It's oh, like yeah, it's we... just uh, it's become too many other things that I don't get. So, yeah. but um, yeah, people are really like their statues.
1: Yeah, no, they love the statues. Yeah. They love their flag, and um, it's uh, it can get rough around here with some of that stuff. Um, there still are some uh, KKK territory in here. Like we grew up. Um, a little bit north of here, um there was an area called Ocean Way um growing up, we would talk Um, as black young black males, don't go past there, like it was like a dark area, like if you've seen a lion king when a fossil toad um Simba, don't go to that dark area like right. that's when you're supposed to go like that's what we would talk like don't go back there, didn't know, and then we heard more stories, and we are like, well, I guess we shouldn't go back there until it's um became more open now but it's still like those certain pockets that you know deeply believe in those values um and you know all around town but uh as i was saying north florida is definitely true red um florida will win you know for the most part as a blue state but thankfully that's for south florida that pulls us in because north florida is very hard to uh to get them no matter if it's a big city or not traditionally big cities win um, in blue traditionally because they're the more they yeah, are more educated, I guess would be the, the term that they use nowadays, but uh, no we um,
0: what was the feeling around here during the um, Alabama special election? Oh
1: boy, um, <laughs> Tension was high during the day, and my girlfriend was on it all night long. She couldn't sleep until that. Right. <laughs> and then when it went down, I mean they just everybody got drunk then everybody was so excited and happy. I mean, it was a great moment. Um, to see know, everybody have a smile on their face from that end, and I, had, I didn't see when, uh, when he came in on the horse on and the all horse, that, and I was yeah. like, oh my god! <laughs> wow, yeah, that's that's how you do it if you're gonna do it, I guess. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: well, I think it's just you know I'm not the only one that thinks this has just become only about the show. Yeah, that's true. You know? yeah. And then they t- are just doing everything else or behind closed doors and then we're yeah, just to, we're only supposed to be paying attention to what happened on Twitter or the yeah, horse exactly. or nah, Yeah, when, that's you all. Know. I mean
1: it's it's just like wrestlers like you know, they get paid to have the the gimmick, the character that you see, but you don't know the actual guy that's really doing that stuff and how he really feels. And that's pretty much how it is to me. They're just a bunch of wrestlers, right? Um, with a with a gimmick, and you know, you can look through the gimmick and see what they're really trying to do, or you can follow the gimmick, and that's the other thing that's sad too, is that people follow the gimmick of what's going on. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Yeah, they really don't know. Yeah. So do you fee- do you get any sense of any kind of buyer's remorse? post-election or you think pe- people are just doubling down on on uh, the on the show
1: it's a little bit of both but it's a little bit more on a doubling down because of we're so stubborn mm-hmm.
0: um, like americans are stu- yeah we're stubborn. just stubborn
1: as hell like we just do not want to be told that we're wrong and it's really really true and, and again going back to us being a little bit segregated and some people can get in their feelings when it, you know what's going on in, in the country right now. Uh, they just don't want to hear it. Regardless, I mean, they'll tell you all the wrong facts that clearly you're winning the argument. And they still will keep digging themselves into that dirt until they cannot dig this up out the hole. Um, so you have a couple. They be like, yeah, but for the most part, they're like, nope, don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, uh, up north too. We got uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay. So as an artist, you know, as a as an artist as a photographer whatever you know if you're look- looking at it with your eyes like how has uh how has this you know not a- i don't like to use the word affected because that means like you know you're doing one thing and then all of a sudden you change but like i mean that's what we keep talking about at the culture crush too is that things are evolving and we're sort of evolving with it mm-hmm. even even um i wouldn't i mean we are not in the culture crush studio we are in we were in Malcolm Studio, we were in Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny. We're looking right outside and um I'm watching the people walk by and it's uh yeah. We're not in we're not on twentieth street. Oh <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, no. No, no, no. This
0: is But uh, yeah, so but as an artist, you know, has it you know do you do all these things that you're talking about, the segregation and everything, is you, is that um, you know, is t- t- just talk to me about how it, it uh, uh, um, informs what you do or like because you said you l- let me how can we make this um, like you said that here you it's not just about walking out into the street and you know we happen to be on a street where there are people walking by yeah. but like you said you have to sort of go out and look for it so yeah. you so you are making like um, like let's say bigger choices beforehand than if you were in New York and just sort of like walking out or like s- taking the subway or something yeah
1: for the most part um like I was saying what why I took on the street photography in town also was that um black Jacksonville really doesn't have too many pictures of themselves um, they were like street photographers in the in the 60s and the 70s back when La villa that area I was telling you that's very similar to Harlem um, documenting that kind of stuff because that stuff needed to be documented. There's plenty of pictures of Ray Charles in the Rich Theater, and the Cotton Club. In well, the, in that actually area. so nobody uh,
0: knows about that. So to tell us, let's um, tell us about oh, those yeah. areas. Oh yeah, so and that history. yeah, like
1: Lavilla, um, Lavilla and Sugar Hill was a uh, predominantly Black African American neighborhood. Um, very similar to Harlem, and even had the nickname Harlem of the South. Um, the Rich Theater was like the Apollo Theater. Um, same as that thing. A lot of those Southern artists who uh, before they got to New York for the Harlem Renaissance and after that with the art uh, transformation, or I guess art revolution, I believe it was called after the, the Renaissance. Um, well, they had to get on a train somewhere, and there's the only way you could really get there. Um, right. So they would come through Jacksonville and play at the clubs, and Ray Charles like lived here for a while. like He had a house here, um, a lot of artists. I mean, Zora near Hurston always came through this way. She's from Eatonville, which is a, uh, one of the oldest African-American towns in the country. And, you know, right up the road, she would come up here all the time and write and uh, document stuff. And um, that was just such a beautiful moment to see African-American arts all at one time, and it was so powerful. Like, New Yorkers knew about Jacksonville back then because it was so powerful back right, then. Right, right. Like, you heard, oh, UPS, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just such a powerful thing, and because my dad grew up in that area during his prime and even this demise – so I would hear those stories, and I would be so influenced and inspired by that because, like, wow, there was a time when this stuff was the forefront of what Jacksonville was. And um, I would go to uh, the Rich Theater and go look at photographs and whatnot. What's up, boss man? We got these two for you. Okay, cool. Are you right, too, boss? Right. Yeah, we uh, are <laughs> currently just getting some, uh, some some packages delivered via UPS. Right. That's very that's how we do it over here right. when okay. we on uh, when we on tour at the Culture Crush. Right. But um. <laughs> But yeah, when I would go to the Rich Theater and they have like a lot of stuff archived and I would look at the stuff and be so inspired seeing, you know, black marching bands from the old high school right around the corner, looking at that kind of stuff and looking at these moments. And I was like, well, when I grew up, it's like, you don't see that stuff now. You didn't see it like in the 90s and the 2000s. So like, well, these the kids after me and so on need to be able to see what Jacksonville was we'll see what happens to Jacksonville in 30, 40 years. It may become super progressive. It may even be New York City, you know, in the next 50 years, possibly. You know, the opportunities are limitless. when I mean, you have so much land. I mean, it can easily happen. But at least these kids can see what it was, at least in this time period, because um, they've also heard stories of segregation and whatnot. And while the world is more diverse today than it was for me in the, the, in the 90s and early 2000s, um, it's still essence of what I've seen growing up. Um, with segregation and whatnot, that needs to be documented. So that's what I've been taking it, um, you know, my uh, that step forward to do that and to document black Jacksonville um, in general, because they would be considered as disenfranchised and just to see themselves and they feel more proud about themselves also. Um, so that's what I try to do. And within that work, I'm um, able to show, uh, you know, the segregation and what it's doing and what is happening in society because, uh, again, yeah, yes, we are in a traditional southern city. Um, but this stuff is nationwide. I mean chicago is, is still ranked as the most segregated place in America. Yeah. Um and that's in the Midwest. Um so just continue to document that stuff and, you know, letting it tell its own story about what society is. It's just coming from a place that's not really talked about as much. Um but yeah, that's pretty much how I do it.
0: Right. <laughs> so what are you working on now, um, besides what we're gonna work on? <laughs> um
1: <laughs> Well, like I was um talking about when we were coming over here, um I've been uh, documenting Springfield for a while, of course, but I'm starting to take pictures more of like the housing, and as the city is starting to change and this neighborhood is starting to change a little bit, we can use the G word here. Um, there's some gentrification going on. We
0: can use that word, yeah. Yeah,
1: but yeah. it's um, it's a little bit different because uh, it's the people from the neighborhood themselves that are starting to progress neighborhoods. So it's cool, but also they are, you know, again those good old stubborn folk who don't want this. And then there's the African-American side of stuff who have never seen this stuff before in the first place, and now they still kind of feel this a franchise because as people are starting to rebuild these new, you know, these abandoned houses that are around here, um, you know, the, the property value starting to shoot up. I mean, there's close to some half a million homes around here, and their next-door neighbor is an abandoned house or even a, a trap house next door or something like that, or they won't have a neighbor for like five doors down, similar to like how Detroit is in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, i'm starting to try to document more of the housing situation and just to tell that type of story because i think that's very important in society now like um we hear so much about it but when you're able to see that kind of work you put like what this particular neighborhood looks like now as opposed to what it was in its prime like all these houses were here and now it's became this giant like mess of sources like wow right. like the, yeah.
0: uh, the area what was the area you were showing me before brooklyn um yeah brooklyn there's this uh, area and it's called brooklyn <laughs> yeah we had in a jacksonville
1: <laughs> yeah and it was and it has some very similarities um to the brooklyn new york in this in um in the early uh 1920s 30s 40s um it was a blue collar neighborhood just like springfield um was and you know that got took a harder hit than springfield i mean it's dr- all the way gentrified I mean, you can you can see those infamous gentrified glass um, lofts going up everywhere. And yeah, fresh I mean, it, did, it
0: does it look? Yeah, Fresh Market. It looks like William. It, the new. It looks like New Williamsburg yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. like you can just take those condos. You literally just <laughs> with plop the shared them. roof guard decks and. <laughs> yeah, you just
1: <laughs> plop them right there and whatnot, and you know, and I mean, I like Fresh Market and everything, but this neighborhood, they don't know what this stuff is, and you're just putting this stuff they can't even afford to go to, like. You got like housing projects directly behind these lofts. Like they can't go to the fresh market, man. You can't take EBT cards in there.
0: Right, like, right.
1: <laughs> they can't use that stuff. So, what? How is that benefiting you know some of the neighborhoods? So, I want to try to get into it from this particular one because it's a little bit of, a, of an interesting scenario. Because you are dealing with people who live uh, on food stamps, EBT, both, both black and white. Um, you're dealing with people who have moved to this neighborhood, who have a little bit of money or remodeling houses, or you have people who have lived in this neighborhood for a while who had money, but as the recession and whatnot has been going around in con- uh, economics, um, seeing how their houses have changed and whatnot and just seeing how the neighborhood is from that perspective. Um, thing we were talking about earlier, how you know, the product of my environment statement, how we always look at the people in the group that are around you, which is very true in that regard. But how about the actual physical structures? How does that make somebody look? I mean, you can go look at photographs in New York or Bronx and like the seventies and outside of the people that made the area. I mean, you know, bills were burnt down to crisp. Yeah. Like that's. Can you imagine growing up in something like?
0: I, I mean, yeah. I didn't grow up in that neighborhood. But, but just I, seeing. I, and, but yeah, you know. I grew. I grew up in New York City in the eighties yeah. and. I mean, it is, it's, I can't even describe to, uh, you know, this next, this coming up generation, what New York was like then. Um, You know, it was dangerous and it was seedy everywhere, even in the fanciest neighborhoods. Yeah. You could get mugged on the street in the middle of the day. Yeah, I've been, it was so funny. I'd (laughs) be
1: walking around, you know, in Soho, the Lower East Side now, and, and, you know, an old guy would tell me, Tonson, boy, if you was on that block, man, you might have got smoked. It's like, then of course because i've only been there so recently i've heard about it It was like yeah LES, yeah but then you go back and look and it's like whoa and it's you know and the same as that thing here okay so
0: anyone listening i don't know if it's on netflix or amazon whatever but just ford apache yeah (laughs) (laughs) paul newman incredible movie but that's what it was like yeah (laughs) that's what it was like um yeah so it was a it, it Yeah, so I've watched that happen. Um, I was, and I, so I grew up in New York in the '80s as you know, a kid, and then moved to Europe for most of the '90s. And um, you know, I came back maybe once or twice a year. And I, so it it takes to you know when you're away, Mm -hmm. and then you come back, and like the the way it was so abrupt to me, you know, that I was I came back, and I remember, yeah, we were down on like Lower Fifth Avenue at night and we were headed towards a bar, and people started going, they were gonna cross Washington Square Park, mm. and it was like midnight. Yeah. And I was like, as the New Yorker mm. in the crowd, yeah. you know, no, we have to walk around. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, you know, it's, you know, now, I mean, Washington Square Park is just like, it's like a sort of a small square, yeah. with like baby strollers yeah. and you know, I mean, whatever. Completely well lit. I mean, in when I, in when I was growing up in the city, we had a rule. And that we didn't even say out loud, and I still find myself doing it sometimes, even now. Is that? I mean, for, there are a few rules. One was you never looked up, to mm. look down, because if yeah. you look up, you're a tourist, and uh, that means you're going to yeah. get mugged yeah. I've immediately. I've immediately. I've
1: always, yeah, they tell me. My dad used to tell me that all the time yeah. before I went. So yeah, right.
0: So that uh, New, yeah, I mean, you know, New York City now is Disney yeah. World, so yeah. you, can exactly. you can look up. Exactly. You can all look up all long. you want, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, and then the second thing was like, if you were walking down the street, no matter how far away. If somebody was walking towards you, even mm-hmm. if they were only a speck big, like that's how far away they were, mm. you just crossed to the other side. So you just naturally just crossed to the other side. You just didn't cross anyone's path. I mean, stuff like that, I mean, it's it's really hard to imagine. And I'm not talking about in the South Bronx. I'm talking about like, yeah, just I mean, anywhere, that's just anywhere, anywhere in the you world. Know, you yeah. um, you're, you're always aware where there was like a 24 hour garage or a, a doorman building so that if something bad happened, you had somewhere to run. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, so, yeah, the whole world, the whole country has changed so much. But, yeah. uh, but not, not that it, you know, unfortunately, what we're finding out now, I think, is that. You know maybe there's there's this slick veneer this gold plating on everything and now you mm. can look up and you feel safe and there's you know fresh market yeah. Yeah. but the truth is that things are actually worse than yeah, ever for a lot to... of people yeah. and in a lot of ways in terms of not just racism but sexism mm. which was always really bad now that's sort of coming up but I, we're all busy watching the show so yeah. that's the thing yeah. and I, we all have to wake up and turn off the show and you yeah, know and
1: just- try to find reality if we can and
0: find reality i mean that's what the culture crush is about it's to look at the world I, i i always say like oh i always say this but i'm gonna keep saying it i'm gonna say it on every podcast i'm gonna say it in every written story i'm gonna say it in every print issue and in every video, you know, that we do <laughs> or whatever other entertainment areas we get into or we're going to make that a T-shirt. Look at the world. Look Ooh. out at the world, you know. Exactly. So um, so I think it's incredible what you're doing. Let's have an on-air um, discussion of, you know, what we think we can do for the Culture Crush together, which I think is a lot. I mean, do you have interest in outs like the i remember we were talking we've talked before about like the southeast in general yeah. um out even just more so than just jacksonville like i mm-hmm. would love to see you do this in you know take this sort of um thinking and you know start covering the south in general i think yeah. would be amazing for yeah, us yeah no definitely i yeah. think
1: that would be um i think that'd be pretty incredible just because the stigma that is already automatically placed on the south you know i mean Traditionally, this whole South, as a whole, is traditionally a red area, and you know people in North have had those certain stigmas about it. But some of those stigmas can also be broken through the work, um, and you know I've been through these areas, and you can you know, I think documenting this kind of stuff will be interesting, and even seeing the differences between you know Florida itself, how vast a difference North Florida and South Florida is. I mean. One people in New York don't know where Jacksonville is. Like I've been told this thousands of times, yeah. and I tell people <laughs> I'm from Jacksonville. It was like, man, that, uh, that's the neighborhood in Miami. It was like, right. It's the biggest land. Guess there's
0: another one in the Carolinas. Well, yeah, there's yeah. a Jacksonville
1: in Carolina. There's a Jacksonville in Tennessee. There's a Jacksonville in uh, that Texas. Andrew Jackson.
0: He's very popular down well, here. He, he got yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: they 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 love their fair share. We have a high school named after him. Yeah, we have. It's a lot of schools named after Confederate uh, soldiers. We're in the South, but here in general, we one high school finally changed to go to uh, Westside High School. Um, but one, of the, I mean, two of our oldest high schools are Robert e. Lee High School and Andrew Jackson High School. So back to back. But Lee is also our early college prep, so it's one of the best co- one of the best high schools in the city. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right, 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 right. But then it's always that you know that underlying deal. Yeah. But um, I think yeah. Think that because there is so much to be told about the South, in, in you know, in that regard. Um,
0: yeah, it's you know, it's funny. It's something I talk about with um, with Annie Morton, another one of, our, of the of the artists that we um, sort of part of the, the team here, and um, you know, she's so she's from the Pen- Pennsylvania and that mm-hmm. area, and uh, it, it's like. The experience of growing up on the East Coast is so different, I think, than uh, growing up in other areas of the country, just yeah. because you spend your whole childhood being dragged to these like sites, these monument yeah. sites, and you know, um, you know, all over the Northeast. Anyway, yeah. you know, of course, we're we got a different story. And I think yeah. got down here. <laughs> um, you know. So, uh, but you know, yeah, we were sort of like we were sort of living inside that history of that war, of the of the Revolutionary War, and mm. then the Civil War, and then you know, all, so all of these they're like real places and real people and like what are the stories i mean and then you know the generation i'm a very different generation than than you are and i i wonder how the stories have changed i mean i know that they've been busy screwing with textbooks and things like that so (laughs) like history kept getting changed and they don't have they don't teach civics anymore and Uh, they they don't teach how the government works and they don't
1: even teach them how florida was even works right like yeah
0: I mean, I remember, I don't remember which grade it was, but like maybe third grade or something like that. And we were learning about how the government, the three branches of government and all that stuff. And I remember the assignment was, um, you know, uh, try and come up. We had to go in groups and try and come up with like a better idea, a better system.
1: Oh, (laughs) man, we didn't even get to that till about... Six or seventh grade, and the only reason we get to that that late because of the state demanded this stupid standardized test that you had to pass in order to even go to the next grade, and because that was so much of a weight on you, you spent literally the first three nine weeks studying for this test. Right. Who Didn't.
0: owned the testing center? It was the right? state of Florida. Yes. Yeah, Somebody like, was making money off that test. Oh, it was man. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs>
1: bad. It was bad. A lot of people was failing. Because um, what I mean, was
0: on the test?
1: they claimed it was stupid stuff i mean it was basic arithmetic and then you have a science portion a writing portion we would do like writing and stuff but not
0: understanding the society that we are actually oh, living in and no, are supposed to be participating in no, as no, no. a you democratic would, society you would not
1: get those skills until the last four nine weeks and then i mean who cares about school the last four nine weeks traditionally um so we literally did not learn anything so we we're brainwashed <laughs> as yeah. kids yeah yeah florida's a uh, public school system is horrible um right. yeah, okay, just openly dropped that yeah, right, right there um very proud to say that <laughs> right. right but um but yeah they had to take that test out because it just nobody learned anything um you had to go outside and learn this kind of stuff and then it boiled down to you know parents at home and whatever you could get so you know i was blessed to have parents that were teaching me about this stuff you know away from the test so I was learning about life and what is life um you know for a kid growing up in the southeast a black kid growing up in the southeast and what it meant and what happened in the past and how does it affect your future and whatnot um, even back then so you yeah.
0: were learning more from your own family and from your own yeah community I personally learned storytelling. More, yeah I mean
1: I learned more about life and even sc- stuff I should learn in school more out in the streets or you know running with my family than I learned in the classroom like I couldn't count money in school for nothing, but as soon as you got me outside the door, I could do it easy. Right, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, And I think that just goes back to what we're talking about, about people being stubborn and um, with their political sides and just anything in general. They just don't know because we just want to talk. And because it's so brainwashed, they're just going to stick into that one particular way because that's just the most comfortable that you are going to be instead of being uncomfortable and trying to learn something else. but, yeah, uh, so thanks, Florida, for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, <Florida. laughs> thanks, South. Yeah, man, thanks. <laughs> thanks and we supposed supposed to be the progressive ones, yeah. but not this part of the state. But we're getting a lot better. Um, we got University of Florida, and so we got great colleges up here. Um, but outside of that, it's, you know, getting to those colleges. But it's a whole lot better for the kids now. I mean, they're learning, you know, Spanish and learning a second language from pre-K and kindergarten, now, which is what you're supposed to learn it. Other than whatnot. So it's way brighter uh, days, you know, for them and, and whatnot. But yeah, we yeah, we yeah, we had to get out there and fend for ourselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So a lot of the uh, pictures of you know, a lot of your work so far have been like let's talk about some of those subject matters and why, you know, mm-hmm. obviously having to do with your family and stuff like that that you Um, some of the most striking images, I mean, besides the fact that you obviously love cars and you're not the only one. Yeah. Um, okay. (laughs) But, you know, it's like it's in the barbershop, it's at the laundromat, it's at, Mm. you know, places like that.
1: I chose a lot of those places because it's, um, there are places that people can, I think people of all races and genders and whatnot can relate to in some form or aspect. Um, also because of what I do during the day with the family business and whatnot is where I frequent the most. So I think that I'm able to include that into my work, it makes me shooting streets, you know, that right, much the Family easier. business
0: which is which is where we're sitting right yeah, now. Sitting right now in the right, family right, business. Right. So, <laughs> well uh, we'll say what it is. Yeah, I mean it's uniform, you embroidery,
1: screen print. Um I mean we have a old popcorn machine over next to an embroidery machine, next to an American flag. Right. <laughs> yeah. we have a picture of uh, Clinton an NFL wide receiver uh Michael Irvin on the wall right. <laughs> uh, for one of my dad's crazy businesses in the 90s um yeah right and a, so
0: how your family this has been your family business for a long time yeah,
1: right? almost 40 years yeah he was the uh, my dad was the first African American guy to own a uniform rental company uh Uniform rentals been around since like the 1800s and it used to be the old mob industry to be able to you know hide their money clean their money up a little bit and do whatever they dirt And just through that, it became a big um, industry-type deal. But it's not too many family-run businesses like this anymore. Uh, so, you know, I mean, definitely the last one in town to my knowledge. Right. Uh, but it's been good. I mean, my dad's been bought out twice by the, the bigger guys, and the clients keep coming back to us, so that's a good thing.
0: Oh, he gets bought out and then reopens? Yeah, he's then... been
1: bought out twice. And they, nice. Um, and <laughs> the last time it happened, they he the company um forgot which company it was but it's actually one of the bigger ones they just bought tried to buy the clients from him but the clients just did not go to the company so my dad restarted the company those clients that they bought came back to my dad um so <laughs> that was pretty funny it's like you know the big guys always trying to pick on a little guy and the little guy keeps winning right uh, <laughs> so yeah and even you know that stuff just comes back into it even like the uniform shop um you know, we're based on uh, Main Street, and, you know, America's stereotypical Main Street is a mom-and-pop shop, small-town America-type look. This has always been that kind of place, and that's where people are more frequent. So you see me shooting these kind of areas, just give people those reminders or, you know, oh, I remember going in something like this, and they remember these situations. And then to amplify that work, you get to see more stuff that is, um, as you will see, more... Um, african-american like or more southern stereotypes that you would see through the work and i think that's what's able to speak out like one of my favorite shots in the laundromat is still one of um guy greg who works at laundromat and he's getting his hair braided in the laundromat and uh it's funny when i show people that photograph because they first like wow that looks cool he's just getting his hair braided until they realize the more they look into the photograph that it's laundromat he's getting his hair braided right and they're like wait a minute this is a large man why is he getting his hair braided and why do you have like all this stuff around and whatnot but it's like those type of intangible moments it's like some aspects like yeah that is extremely african-american like somebody was like no your hair look bad let me come make you look better and did it right then and there and then he loves it so much he's falling asleep in the image like it's that kind of stuff is is just like feel good and hilarious and again going back to just um uh, people being able to see themselves in the work you know after they did some of these photographs so i go back and even get them a print of it let them see know the finished product and they'd be so amazed like wow this is crazy because they'd never seen themselves before really and um especially that's very important to hear because you know these people are not as um i don't want to not educate i'm not going to use that particular term I'm trying to think of a, a better term for that um cultured. right yeah that's one um, they're just not as cultured to what modern Americans see and whatnot. Um, but when we're able to show them this kind of stuff. They're more amazed and they're more prideful in that, right? Um, you and know, that has been a beautiful thing the, to see. The,
0: it, you're reminding me of um, the conversation we had last summer when I, you know, we did the. We were invited to do a kind of um, insane, chaotic project uh, down on the boardwalk in Wildwood, New yeah. Jersey, and um, and uh, You know and i was talking and we were invited by the family that owns the boardwalk and uh you know again like the demographics are are unbelievable it's just it's not at all what you would think and it's just like every kind of person in every walk of life and Mm -hmm. it, it was just uh very chaotic and so the 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 family that owns the boardwalk you know when they sort of saw us bringing our stuff down and yeah like you know our the culture crush aesthetic is a it's kind of european it's a little <laughs> sophisticated and you know and i think and that's exactly what he asked me he just said you know like what do you how do you think people are going to you know care about this or whatever and mm-hmm. he was and literally we're sitting there and like outside there's people going like ah! screaming getting dropped from the sky (laughs) eating the food i i don't even call food um this is what he said he said what makes you think the limo driver and the wife beater from south philly is gonna why do you think he's gonna care about what you guys are doing here Mm -hmm. and i looked at him and you know to what you just said and Mm -hmm. i and i said you know everybody thinks they're creative everybody does you know um and every likes you know pictures and you know that's that's why there's billions of people on Facebook and social media and stuff like that like every you know so just because you don't have an MFA from Yale doesn't mean that you can't just you know look at things I you know we say always at the culture crush that there's there are the two levels Hmm. the surface level and the subversive level so you know you're talking about like so you know going back to the picture from the laundromat you're talking about um the juxtaposition of like a a community moment happening like in the laundromat and on this level and what it means and wanting Mm. to document it and you know everything you just said for the last 45 minutes but the guy you show it to is just like that's me i'm in the picture and like what's the difference between the excitement and the love and the and the appreciation and you know like what hmm. why is one or why is one better than the other I guess I'm posing that question to to you and everyone else like is there you know what I mean like do it, we always assume like it's always the lowest common denominator but you know I think like some of the most incredible um, quite incredible works of art incredible works of 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 you know, that have that have um, influenced society, that have stuck around, that becomes part of the sort of cultural vocabulary, you know, that they do have those two levels, you know, mm. that, that, you know, you can just like sort of, like a lot of, like comedy is like that. Like sometimes yeah. like those just one level that everyone will go, oh, ha, 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 it's a funny joke. But then there's like, there's another level, there's another level that maybe not everybody's going to get, but that doesn't mean that one is better than the other. So I think that that is... You know, that's something that I grapple with a lot, too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. It's just the same deal I do. And, you know, now we're getting to the point in society, especially in these more real, uh, rural areas, where art is being more accepted and stuff like that. Like, again, Jacksonville now is becoming, you know, bigger and bigger in the arts community. We're we definitely a regional art capital. But as far as the national scene, because we were taught that, you know, we doctor, lawyer, dentist artists who does this type of stuff. I mean, it took my parents years, you know, to really understand what type of photography I was doing until, you know, I was in some magazines and I did some shows. Right. And now they oh, understand on. Oh, on the cover our,
0: of a magazine. Now we get it. Yeah, yeah. now <laughs> we fully
1: understand what's yeah. going on. It's like, well, I've been trying to show y'all this. So proud of you, son. <laughs> yeah, and then now they finally see it. And when they talk, when other people come up to them and, and talk to them about the work and what's going on, and then they finally hits them about what it is. And I think that's so important now that when you put these people, who they know they're creative, they know what they're doing is a form of art, but the outside portion is telling them that it's not. Then you put them around people who are telling them that, they become um, more in tune with what they're doing and they become that artist, and then it, it starts to level out about what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I think when we get more to being more open about people being to the arts, which again just boils back down to the regional, um criteria i guess um we become more open to the stuff we're able to even that playing field so when, when you naturally are working on something that is surface level um you know those minds are continuing to think because like no there's something deeper to what he's got going on that we can see what's you know below the surface on what it is
0: yeah and I, I mean and the end of that story was that i you know we we actually did sit there when we were you know there and Actual limo drivers in wife beaters, which by the way, that the fact that there's even a shirt called that, like, can, oh. you know, what, okay, yeah, so yeah, I've never um, called, anyway. ne- <laughs> never called those those right, for sorry. the record, that's, so in the case okay, somebody, yeah. all right, yeah. so I, I said it, um, <laughs> but you, um, you know what I mean, and they they loved they loved it, they loved going through our stuff, they lo- they wanted to, but it wasn't just like oh, pretty pictures, okay, see you later, like they wanted to engage, they yeah. wanted to talk about it, they um we're taking it home with them and then coming back and then wanting to talk about it afterwards like oh my wife and i went like cover to cover and we sat and we like really looked at each picture and not we didn't just flip through it we really went through it and you know these are just you know normal people who Mm. you know aren't you know hitting you know the whitney on the weekend or you know so it's it's um you know it's also not it's not really fair to just judge the general population and say oh, like, you know, we have to just do, like, shitty stuff for everybody because that's mm-hmm. all they want. They only mm-hmm. want McDonald's. It's like, no. no, they don't just want McDonald's, you know? No, no, but no, that, no. not But not that there's anything wrong with McDonald's. I <laughs> I mean, mean, this is, like, the third podcast in a row where I think we've dissed McDonald's. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, man, I mean, sometimes, I mean, sometimes their fries are, you know, not yeah. too bad. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just – um. Yeah, I mean, just like that. I mean, everybody doesn't want, you know, that cookie-cutter type stuff. They want to really see themselves and what's going on. I mean, everybody can't relate to super abstract, abstract type stuff, but if you give them something that they can see that's blatant, that's direct, they'll feel more engaged into what you have going on, and they'll even support what you have going on, and you you able to get into their mind that way. That's all what it's about. It's all about mentally getting to what you're trying to accomplish, and um, you know, some people, you, you can do some abstract work in, in expressionism that way, and it works. But in some cases, especially here, you have to be more direct with what you're trying to talk about, so people really understand what you're saying. And the more and more they get into your work, then you can get to expressionism and start to tell uh, what you're trying to get, you know, in a different type of light like that. But I think if you're more direct with, you know, a particular consumer who is just not accustomed to this stuff, be able to get them more hooked and more understanding. And they feel it more. I mean, you know, everybody can't look Everybody can't look at Basquiat, you know, and, and right. see it. You know, some people can look at it instant, but, you know, you take, you know, let's take the guy tank top in a limo. In South the white tank Philly. top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we take him to a moment and he would have seen a Basquiat piece. He'd be like, well, you know, like my five-year-old could have did something like that. But if you show him something else, he might have been like, wow, I get that that's incredible, where's more, And the more he able to look into the work, he started to understand things. Because then you can see, um, you know, it's getting more abstract and abstract and abstract. Then let's say even like a couple weeks from after that particular point, you go back to the moment, you take him back to the Basquiat piece, he might fully understand what Basquiat is saying at that time.
0: That's absolutely true. Um, And think about, um, you know, think about how they controlled populations and society through art and architecture with the church you know and the and the you know and christianity all all together i mean you know back in the back in the day in medieval day you know it was no one knew how to read Mm -hmm. you know so and so the the only stories that they heard were in those churches and the mosaics that were on the wall told all the stories Mm -hmm. of the Christ did this, and then da 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 da, and they. But think about how, you know, when you think about architecture like that. I mean, I would say even today, like one of the reasons people are like ah, when they, you know, in church they, and you know, I'm not trying to diss anybody's spirituality. But you know, a lot of that has to do with the architecture and yeah. the art that's it's inside those buildings it's and very, the very candles. True. And you know, that's why they made them so tall with the, with the windows at the top. So it Ooh. seemed like, yeah, you, you definitely like, I, the first time I ever went to Europe and I saw those kind of, cathed- you know, went to Italy mm-hmm. and I saw those kind of, you walk into those Gothic cathedrals like that, you know, no. um, and you're just like, oh, okay, I get why. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, people yeah. were like, thought God was here, you know, yeah, and I that's mean, art.
1: Yeah, that's art, and it's like in life, you know, as artists, yeah, we, you know, we're producing content, but, you know, we're also our curators of the experience, you know, um, You know, a photograph I may take is still a curation of what life is for the particular person and what I want them to be able to view and what their understanding is to be. You know, when you see a church, you know, you're told that it's holy ground and it looks like it's holy ground. It looks like it's shining and gleaming and beaming. And it's like, well, I better not go in there, you know, with these boots on. I better have them on the best suit I can wear because you're curated to think like that. And I think as we do better as a whole, continue to curate, Um, What we're really trying to tell and where we think America should be or at least where our neighborhood should be first, um, I think we have a better chance of teaching at least the youth because you have to get it in their brains earlier and earlier. And the earlier you get there, they can continue to pass it on so then, you know, down the line somewhere it may clean up. Um, But I think just continue to curate our experiences in a way that people are fully understanding what you're really trying to do as opposed to just you know, I mean, look at you know. Uh, I mean, we can look at the election. I mean, it was curated to a certain demographic to make them feel empowered, and it was also curated to certain demographics to make them feel powerless. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that was very, very powerful. And actually, very. Um, it was actually interesting to very see that happen. Um, I mean, literally thinking in the art way, it's like wow! Like they literally curated a show that um, took certain people out of the power and certain people into power. And then you come back and look at America and it's like it's cur- it was curated some way to make it look like this. But now we have to, as an artist and um, anybody who's into the field, have to find a way to curate whatever they're trying to do to get that message across, what they're trying to tell, or at least the right message. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, a lot you have a lot on your shoulders, oh here. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in this place, yeah, yeah. I got a,
1: yeah, got a lot of work to do, but yeah. uh, but it's been humbling, I mean, just the people who you know have seen the work, um one people have been very excited that you know, seeing photographs of Jacksonville in general, um seeing you know neighborhoods they've walked in as a kid and seeing what it is now, or just Jacksonville anywhere. Um, So that part has been great. Even on some deeper layer stuff, like there are people across the bridge who have never heard of Springfield. Then again, there are people who have heard about Springfield, but was only you know when Springfield wasn't you know this happy place like it sounds. Like of course, like the Simpsons' hometown, just way worse than what Homer dealt with back then. Um, You know, people have that stigma of that. You know, and I try not to document so much of the bag stigma uh, i just document what reality is and trying to understand what it is and how it's working and how the community is coming together um and curating that idea so when it goes back to the masses i'm able to curate them into like this is not the place that you seen it as when you were 20 30 years old you can come back to this place and we continue to have these conversations to make you know certain areas in jacksonville as a whole a more progressive place also but it's getting there slowly but surely a lot slower than uh most people but hey yeah, yeah. you got to take what you can get sometimes well,
0: everything takes longer than we remember that it took to uh, begin you know oh to we still yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah we try to tell them all the time but so. i
0: mean yeah i mean that's again that's a big culture crush or sort of value that you know that it's, it's the value system the culture crush was built on it's like yeah it's there's it's there's a lot of people out there you know going there's plenty of stuff all around the world that is really horrible that we mm. could be photographing that we could be talking about but um you know but what what about the rest of the world you yeah, know exactly. like wha- how are we going to inspire? you know how how can you inspire change or how can you inspire forward movement or exactly. you know if all you're doing is document you know doing the sort of disaster porn yeah. um and I mean, every 5 minutes there's another like news alert that something terrible is yeah, happening I mean, and we have to live with that all day every day so i mean it's you know but there's there's still people like going to the laundromat you know like <laughs> yeah,
1: still every day i mean i mean documenting middle class america i mean 20 30 years ago i mean that didn't sound as interesting, but at this point now, it's like, that might be the best thing going at this yeah. point, because just look how much has changed. I yeah. mean, middle me- middle class now is starting to look a little bit like lower class, so it's like, well, what does it really mean for life in America? So I'm trying to capture what that is, and the reality in some photographs have became, um, not disaster porn, but it's just became a reality of whatever situation was in society, and I'm just trying to document as much as I can. But I do have emphasis on African Americans just because we just have not been these photographs. We've been, um, what we say the disenfranchised and some of this stuff that hasn't been documented. They just need to be able to see themselves, um, and And not because
0: they got on the news because something terrible happened. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and that's what I tell them all the time. Like I've, you know, I've worked with plenty like drug dealers and guys like, and I grew up with them, and now you know they look to me and be like, man, like that photo stuff you're doing, like it's very inspirational, like. You showing people like we not, you know, I'm not taking pictures of them like when they're doing like drug transactions. Right. Like, I got too much street smart right. for stupid <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but they understand like you just really trying to show them there literally was nowhere else that we could go. And this is what America is for us at this exact moment. And they won't know what our next plan is. But at least you were able to at least attempt to try to show what we're trying to do. You know, it's not about the guy that's robbing somebody per se. It's about he can't get a job because he got caught in the in the you know, the the prison system for, you know, a non violent offence that right. he shouldn't even go to jail for right. and now he's ruined for the rest of his life and only get one I life can't to vote. live. I can't yeah, vote. he can't vote on nothing and he's probably the smartest guy in the room. But then we hold him to this just because of he, a candy bar that he didn't have no money for, and he know the guy was not gonna give it to him. He just needed a candy bar because he was hungry, you know. So when I'm able to do that kind of stuff, when they back behind me, it just gives me more to continue to shoot, um, and to continue to show, you know, our people, you know, this is life, and be able to show ourselves. And I think even through that, um, you know, more and more black families are becoming more open to the arts and whatnot. I mean, they're coming to art shows now in town. You know, it was you know, growing up, you you know, growing up in the '90s, you would. You didn't see a lot of black people really going, especially here, going to art shows. Now they're coming in, buses, coming to see this kind of stuff and understanding the work and whatnot. It's an amazing thing to see now. And now that they're more open to what's going on they're more open to getting their kids into the arts and seeing stuff it's going beyond the school electives it's like
0: right they're seeing themselves represented so they're engaging with it and then they're so it doesn't take being on the cover of the magazine to have their parents maybe say yeah this is is something you could do
1: exactly like the um just like the the car show thing that i did um candy uh back in the september october right um, which which
0: i'll say um again which is i've Always been so jealous of that project oh. because they <laughs> took, you took over billboards all around the city and oh. the show was on, of your work on all these billboards around the thing. Yeah. I mean, that is so fucking cool. Oh, that was... Okay, there goes my language. But yeah. no, it really, no. like, I... I it, I couldn't I, think of I no s- other word to I use. Stay up at do. night going, Damn, I wish <laughs> I could have done something like
1: that. <laughs> no, that was the most amazing thing and it you know, it allowed me to do amazing. Um, it was amazing. It allowed me to do so much more and to do, you know, the car show that I was able to do and to bring, you know, uh what we call dunks, which are um Florida's version of like old nineteen seventies Chevrolet Impalas, and Caprices and they're souped up. And taking, you know, that was African American engineering and that type of stuff and getting the stigma off of what those cars really meant to people from the outside and brought it to where it really is and seeing, you know, all races and all genders coming through to understand what was going on. I was able to to have a conversation about that and how that fits in society and how stigmas, you know, is really a bad thing and stereotyping. And having so many, you know, black families bringing their kids to come see this stuff. One, because it's cars that they grew up seeing but when they get in there and they be like, wow, this is like all black artists that worked on this kind of stuff. Now they're showing their kids, like, you know, hey, that guy took all these photographs. Like he's a black guy, just like you come from the same as that city as you probably even the same neighborhood as you taking this type of stuff and you turn it into art. You can do the same as that stuff too. Now these kids are growing up looking at photographers, looking at painters, looking at videographers, the whole nine yards, even writing. I mean, they're getting to the type of stuff now and it's coming more open, especially in the city where this stuff was looked at as taboo. And it was like, there's no way on God's earth you're gonna be able to do this stuff. Now it's so open. I mean, people are opening art camps again in Jacksonville. like. Just for th- that kind of stuff. So,
0: so where did you, if you know? Well, as where, far as the arts, this, how did you get so? Um, art what, school. Lina, what, what, what led you to this? If it was so not exist, existent here. So existent. with me,
1: um, I grew up running track. Actually, uh, yeah, I always tell people, you know, when it's, my time is done here on Earth, I'll be in the casket with track spikes in the camera. Um, okay. Because I live and die by both of those, regardless um but during track they try to keep me out the streets as they my parents tried to do um my it was a f- mom's coworker her daughter was big into arts and she was about to go to SCAD at the time and they were running an art Which camp Which is Sav- Savannah uh, Savannah School of uh, a Art of College Yeah Savannah College Art and Design Yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. um very uh very very Good yeah, school. yeah yeah um and yeah she was going there and I think during the daytime she was like well you can go with her and go to this art camp that she has and it's like in the middle of one of the most dangerous parts of town like right on the corner <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> of one of the most dangerous areas in Jacksonville at the time and uh, i would go there during the day and we was learning watercolor and whatnot so i was learning how to paint and stuff didn't you know anything about photography at the time I And mean, watercolors
0: so. is one of the hardest painting methods yeah. that there is so i was so. learning
1: about that yeah. and like and it was a summer camp deal and i mean it's like 20 30 kids from this area and from different parts of town that grew up in you know similar areas like this learning how to paint and whatnot and learning art going to the rich and learning about artists artists interviews going uh we went to the Rich, which has a, theater, a museum in it, uh, talking about local artists from Jacksonville and whatnot. And we went to, we might have went to the Cumming Museum, so it's the fine art museum that's in town. Um, we would go there, go look at art and whatnot, just because just it's stuff that you're not taught, that you're not seen, because nobody would show you this type of stuff. So from there, I would do that stuff, and then in the afternoon, I would go to track practice. But on the other token, my uncle was into photography and he was shooting weddings and stuff, so whenever he was babysitting me or something, I would go with him, and then when he's not shooting, I just take his camera and just take pictures and stuff, but I'm just blowing it, because it just looks cool. Yeah. And um, I left the camp for a while. Um, probably only went to the camp for like two or three years, maybe, I even tried to um, go to the La Villa, the art school that's in the La Villa district now, um, and try to um audition for their in watercolor you know give it a shot because then I was into the arts then yeah. I was like this is great yeah I'm gonna go to art school I'm gonna be an artist that that's what I'm gonna do and uh, it didn't work art you know watercolor does not happen to be right. the thing <laughs> I wish I, I think I still can do it I have to be a while but um in fast forward well I'm um,
0: photography uh, the gods of photography are thanking oh. The yeah, gods, no. They, <laughs> um, watercolors but, made a deal, maybe. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I guess
1: they made a deal and, and got me in, into the, the photography yeah. game. But it was um. Cause no, I it would was, hate yeah.
0: for you to be going around trying to capture your community in watercolors oh, boy, only. Oh, that'd be shoot. Yeah, <laughs> oh, could <can> you wait? <laughs> yeah, that'd have been something else, man. Trying yeah. to be out
1: there like that, being <laughs> yeah. in that heat too. Yeah. It's like, woo. but um, but it was cool because of that particular seed was already planted in me so it was just the art and creating seed was there uh, so fast forward towards high school um, middle of 10th grade I took a trip with a, one of my best friends to DC with his parents and uh, this is the cell phone generation so they were starting to, at the beginning of the phone camera movement uh, so right before the iPhone came out um, so the cameras were getting a little bit decent at the time so you were able to capture stuff but it's like super small yeah. Um, so I just started shooting on my phone and went to the Smithsonian, uh, the Air and Space Museum, and uh, the Natural History Museum, I believe, too, and just taking pictures of stuff. And I, I just was liking how the stuff was coming out, so I just kept taking pictures of my phone. And um, I had a friend of mine who was at school who was already shooting. He was working on a blog, and he was shooting film at the time. And I would just, like, work with him. He would give me techniques on things. And then I think when he went to prom, because he was a senior... When I was a sophomore, he gave me one of his cameras because he was already shooting film. So it was like, well, you can just use this little, you know, point and shoot. It's like, okay, cool. And I thought it was the greatest camera in the world because it was, you know, a camera I could which use. Which can- do you remember? Which kind? That particular it was? It was like a Kodak Z812 IS. I mean, you know, just a regular mega zoom point and shoot. But it was mm-hmm. a great zoom at that time. Um, I think 22 megapixel type stuff. And, uh, you know, just capturing whatever I can capture. You know, as most people who get a camera, especially this day and age, you're going to take pictures of whatever's around you, toys, food, that, flowers, Just and then you're going to zoom in, get the detail on it, get some raindrop. And you're going to be right. amazed. You, yeah. you know, that's that's <laughs> how it always starts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and through that, and even going with him, I just started taking more pictures of the environment I was around and whatnot, and I just naturally popped into street photography. But then... Um, from that point, about about three years now is when I got into film stuff. Um, what got me into film was just understanding more so the process. Like I never was big at shooting a lot of frames anyway. But the thing I liked about film was the fact that it told you on the box you have thirty six exposures, you have twenty four exposures. Like, yep, <laughs> I know, I know. Like it, you know, like you're literally. Like, you are stuck with that, what are you going to do with it? And I just always was amazed by that. It's like, wow, like, you really give me, like, only that much to work with. And I just thought that was, like, the greatest thing in the world. I mean, just going back to uh, dealing with it and shooting it and really taking my time and slowing me down. So when I went back to go do some freelance work with my digital stuff, you know, I was shooting less frames, just like I was shooting film. But I was getting more and more work that the client loved. Mm-hmm. The only thing they would get mad about is, like, well, can you shoot, you know, more? It's like, well, I either can shoot 100 pictures and give you 50, or I can shoot a 1,000 and give you 10. Right. So it's like, I'd rather shoot 100 and give you 50 of the greatest images for your brand than shoot a 1,000, and you only have, like, a couple that you can work with, and you're going to need, like, a, another three months' worth of content. Right. Um... <laughs> So, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, know,
0: I, I know i've been there so
1: yeah so it just that's um, why i don't
0: have any clients yeah
1: so i mean yeah that's just, that was the same but no i mean i've been blessed with the clients i've been able to work with um especially this year i haven't done as much freelance work this year but i was able to work with on um, swisher international swisher suites i was able to work with the jacksonville jaguars which is like bucket list I didn't I know, dream. i've seen a few
0: oh so that was a um that was not just a project that you're just doing for yourself that's yeah it was
1: more so like a collaboration with them but I get the I had all I own the rights to the
0: I've it. seen snippets I mean and those are incredible yeah no incredible. it was a, yeah it and was that's the thing also thing. is that uh I love seeing the color
1: yeah yeah so that was yeah, a, yeah it was cool too And and you're, I, you don't
0: I don't see I haven't seen a lot of your color stuff but when I do it's really striking yeah no I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. try yeah. I mean I love color yeah. and
1: um uh, I believe Robert Frank said it when he said black and white is the colors of photography. And I guess, especially um, when I'm out in the street, oh, that's my dad right there. Uh, you know, you try to take the color away so you can get, you know, the message you're trying to get across in the work. But, you know, I love color just as much because it's just as popping, especially down here in the South um, where heat is very important to Southern culture in some form or regardless. And seeing like sweat and melon and popping in, the colors seem to pop out a little bit more so I do love shooting color and I do have color film yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, a very bright individual right there right. <laughs> um
0: yeah people yeah. always ask me like oh you know what you know d- why don't you shoot in color or why don't you shoot in black and white it's like when I, the way that this is just for me and my work that it's uh, there's just certain things that like you want to see that in color yeah exactly yeah, exactly
1: yeah, yeah. yeah like the re- and then some yeah. things you don't. Yeah and, yeah, and I guess the main reason why I shot the, the Jaguar game, that particular Jaguar game I shot in black and white, was because you just don't see NFL games shot in black and white. Right. And I was trying to shoot it from a behind-the-scenes perspective because I know guys that work for the NFL and work for Getty. Like, their job is to shoot action. I don't want to be doing what they're doing. I just want to take a picture of everything else that's going on. Right. And I think black and white was able to just break that apart. But I also brought my digital camera with me too to get color because it was the day they wore their alternative jerseys. So (laughs) it was the most colorful day of the year in the stadium. So it was like, well, I do need to shoot some color. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most colorful day here. And it worked out. Now, yeah, the colors are perfect and it was a perfect day to shoot, uh, especially in the lower afternoon with Golden Hour. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment in there. Um, But yeah, I love shooting color too. But black and white, just, you know, it just took my heart when I was able to see so much striking stuff and able to get more messages and so much more detail out of certain things but yeah, I do not hit color bot at all. Like I love it and for certain projects I'd be like, no, like this is a color situation even when I'm shooting in the street. Um, I think I shoot more color actually like in the fall and winter time here just because it's, you know, it's so much harsher in the sun and here. I mean, Florida, Jacksonville is a little bit different than Miami as far as the weather here. I mean, we get closer of four seasons than, Miami yeah. does. I mean, it's spring, summer, summer, 60 degrees, and then spring in Miami, as opposed to we can get a hard freeze or even get a snow flurry of a blue moon here. Uh, so I shoot more color towards the fall and the winter. Um, and then in the summer, spring, I'm definitely shooting heavy black and whites. Even if I'm shooting digital, I still look convert to black and whites if I have to. But
0: um, Wait, why is that in the uh, summer? I would think it would be the opposite.
1: I mean, the sun's more out, but... It's, because of uh, sometimes with it being a little bit harsher, sometimes it's like, yeah. but I think when you're shooting here, because uh remember our winter is a little bit different too. Like we do get a more of a traditional winter sometimes in the morning, but the colors of Florida, like it'll be 30 degrees, six, seven a.m., but it will be 80 at noon. So we are to right. get the best in the, the winter move. yeah in the yeah. winter yeah um it's been plenty christmases where it's been 99 degrees um right. <laughs> and it was like 50 you know in the morning and it'd be 90 noon and it'd be 40 you know at night um so i'm able to you know i'm able to play with certain things in that aspect but i just it just was something like it like, just felt you know and you, it sounds like as we're talking you just go into what the feeling is too you just just feels like i need to do this it just feels like i need to do that like like, even some days, like, I'll go buy um, those Ilfrit disposable um, HP5 cameras. And some yeah. days, I love those things. Like, it's a single-use black-and-white disposable camera. I'm like, you know what? The it can sit for a day. Let me just use this thing because you can get closer in with your subjects with those type of things and whatnot. And you just go with what you're good and what you're feeling.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, so uh, I'm so excited to work together um on the culture mm-hmm. crush oh yeah and, uh, say,
1: and i'm glad you was able to keep down here and uh <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and see it <laughs> got uh, to see the home world yeah um, i mean it's a place that exists it's a place that um still most of america still really does not know for some weird reason but well it's just because we're a smaller media market anyway so it doesn't get as much exposure but i mean people get the when people come down here the The stereotype that they've heard about Jacksonville definitely changes, and they have more respect for it when they leave. So, that part has always been cool. Cool, it's definitely a place you have to come and see.
0: I can't wait to um, start, you know, working on this, and uh, I hope that you'll come back and uh, maybe come stop by the studio next Mm -hmm. time you're in New York or be Um, on the podcast again. Yeah, most uh, definitely. Most um, definitely. All right, great. So we'll leave it at that. Okay.